Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Patrick Allen and Matt Verderam. What's up, everybody? Welcome in Arrowhead Addict Podcast Playoff Week Two Edition. Sterling Holmes, Matt Verderam, and Patrick Allen. We're thrilled to be back here with you after we all drank a considerable amount of beer on Sunday night. You guys, you all right on Monday morning? Am I all right today? Am I all right right now? That's the real question. That's, that's the real question. That is the real question. What about you, Verderam? I think you only drank. I think I think you you were working. You kept it under. Uh, Kept it under control. They drank like a person who yeah. would like to stay employed. Yeah, but it was, uh, it was, it was, it was good. <laughs> I had a, I had a Casey beer Heffenweizen and I had a pills, a pure pills. But yes, I was fine. I was fine. I, enjoy, I was, I was far, I was far less fine when I was watching the Chiefs get behind seven nothing. That was, that was the problem. That was when I was not, I was very not fine. Uh, but the, the Casey beer kept me in check. It, it, it mellowed me out a little bit. Yeah. Gotta love KC Beer, our sponsor for this podcast. Appreciate them more than you know. I've got some some extra some news on the KC Beer front. So if you guys are in Kansas City, our, our sponsors, Kansas City Beer Company, they're doing like a blowout for this weekend for, for the playoffs, for the Chiefs game. So they're starting things off. They also, you know, it's a it's a German inspired brewery right so they play some soccer in there as well some some football if you will so they've got they're starting uh early with some soccer in the beer garden for the bundesliga soccer match on sunday so you're going to want to check that out if you head over to the beer garden listen to this cool thing that they do and this is a shame that verderam is not going to be in kansas city this weekend because sterling i'm looking at you man i've got some ideas they're kicking things off with a bavarian breakfast at 11 a.m. 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Ten dollar Bavarian breakfast, year round beer, Weisswurst, and a pretzel. At 12 until they sell out, they're going to do uh, like ten dollar oven roasted chicken. I'm getting hungry. You know, we like talk about food on this podcast. And then from f- 5 p.m. until the end of the game, 350 uh, uh, for fest beer, seven dollar liter fest beer, and ten dollar fest beer, dunkel and brat and pretzel. Fantastic. Check out at Casey Beer Co on Twitter. But listen to this. They do it because uh, it, it, it's like a winter thing out in the beer garden outside. Uh, it's their uh, it's their bundle up discount outside. Listen to this. You get more off of your of your beer depending on how cold it is if you sit out in the beer garden. So if it's, <laughs> it's so great. If it's 55 to 51 degrees, you get 15 percent off. If it's 50 to 46 degrees, you get 25 percent off. 45 to 41 degrees, you get 35% off. And if it's 40 degrees or below, 50% off. And then they're going to have trivia and live polka. So basically, you can go and you can just start your day at Casey Beer Co. with a Bavarian breakfast and then just roll all the way on through, watch some soccer, watch some Chiefs, freeze your ass off and drink some beer. (laughs) (laughs) Hell, if you're a Chiefs fan, you're used to sitting outside drinking beer in 15 degree weather. So that, that you get it half off. Yeah, and food, yeah. and yeah. and not the stress of watching the Chiefs. So I, it's, it's a win-win all the way around. Yeah, it's it's absolutely incredible. Check check out Casey Beer Co. Obviously, I'm rocking the golf shirt today uh, for the first time. It's nice. It's really this is good material here. I hope they sell it at the uh, at the brewery. First time, check it out. I wanted to kick us off. Uh, we got we got some reviews later in the podcast. Wanted to read one from our guy Batman, who's been supporting the podcast for a long time. Uh, you guys are the greatest team I've listened to yet. I've been saying this for some time and it hasn't changed. And I realize you're humans. You may miss a five-star review every now and again. Uh, Batman's been in the chat. You guys are so incredible. We get so many chats when we're doing this live on YouTube. And I know there's a ton of you out there who, who are just audio listeners as well. We're trying to be cognizant of you. We're doing a lot of extra YouTube right now because it's the playoffs. So we appreciate all of you. And we appreciate all of you guys out in the chat. We try to get to as many as we can without disrupting the flow of the show. Then you got super chats. 
it's moving really fast. So just wanted to say we appreciate you, Batman. Appreciate all you guys out there who who support the show and send messages and interact in the chat. Um, believe me, if we could get to them all, we could. And and I think when we get to the off season, we maybe do shows where we just sit and bullshit with you guys in the chat, and that's what we do. Um, so just wanted to say thank you to everybody for your support. Uh, we got a lot to get to today. Let's start with this Bengals-Titans game, the divisional round. I, I'm just going to start real simply here. Who do you guys like in this one and why? Let's start with Matt. So, look, I think I think this game, it's not going to get the publicity the other three are going to get this weekend because it's it's markets that are A, non-traditional in terms of like being big game markets, and B, Titans aren't a sexy team. The Bengals are, but it's just it's just early kind of weird. Like, are they, are they as good as everybody thinks? I will say this. I think Tennessee's going to win the game. Cincinnati, I I look at them and think the future is incredibly bright. Hell, the, the present's pretty damn bright. But Tennessee's off a bye at home. The Bengals are beat up coming off that game against the Raiders. They, they lost a couple of defensive linemen. Uh, although Hendrickson might be able to play. He's trying to push through. We'll see how he does this week with the concussion protocol. I like that the Bengals are going to be able to exploit Tennessee on the outside. The problem is Tennessee's front seven is really good. But that front four, especially with Simmons and Autry inside, you've got Dupree who's played better as he's recovering from that ACL injury he uh, suffered in Pittsburgh last November. And then Harold Landry is one of the best edge rushers nobody talks about. I think Tennessee is going to be able to get pressure. They're going to be fresh. Henry's the X factor here. I think it's a close game. I wouldn't be shocked if Cincinnati wins, but I like Tennessee. I, I feel like next year's that year where the Bengals are legitimately a Super Bowl caliber team. I- I'll take Tennessee in a close game. Sterling, what do you think? I like Cincinnati in a close game. You mentioned the front seven of the Titans. They're fantastic. I'll give you that. But they're back for, well, they're not. I think that the Bengals wide receivers have a field day. Jamar Chase, he destroyed Javarius Ward. And I think Javarius Ward's a damn fine cornerback. Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, uh, Joe Mixon at running back. I just think Joe Burrow is also the better quarterback. I was pounding that Ryan Tannehill was a solid quarterback for like two years, and then he comes out and disappoints me like this this season. Ryan Tannehill, I don't know if he was a flash in the pan, if teams figured out what he was doing, but he cannot carry that offense. The Titans somewhat limped to the finish line. I don't think they're a great one seed. I get it. They're the one seed for a reason. They've beaten the Bengals. They've beaten the Bills. They've beaten the Chiefs. I understand that, but come playoff time, win or go home, I just think the Bengals have too much offensive firepower. They're going to find a way to get it done. Yeah, I tend to agree. I I think this is going to be a nobody plays any defense kind of game. Uh, especially with Derrick Henry coming back and they'll get Joe Mixon going. And now I think if you're, if you're the, if you're the Bengals coaching staff, you've always had confidence in Joe Burrow, but after the last few weeks, confidence just has to be absolutely sky high. Like let's go out and just let this guy sling it. You remember when, 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 when Mahomes like early in his career was, was just like, just, just because nobody was ready for it. And they, they, he was just shocking. Remember what he did to the Steelers, the first time he played him, like they, it was like shock and awe before teams figured out this guy was good and had to respect him a little bit more. I think Joe Burrow is getting a little bit of that. But I remember during that time period, Andy also had like this swagger where like they would just go for it from like their own 35 and stuff when it was when it was because he was like, nobody can stop us. We're unstoppable. And I feel like the, the Bengals coaching staff's a little bit like that with Burrow right now. And they're going to let him sling it. Um, I'm really interested to see how this one plays out, but I think in the end, I don't think that I don't think the Titans are going to be able to to keep up with them in the secondary. And I think Burrow is just going to have a field day spreading it around. It won't be just the Jamar Chase show. And that brings me to the second question I have for you guys on this game: is which player do you think ends up being the MVP of this game? I think it's Tennessee's front four. I think it's their front four. I, I think they're going to overwhelm Cincinnati up front. The Raiders, to the, listen to the to the Bengals' credit, they handled Crosby. They did a nice job, but I, I think I think the the rest of the Raiders front four is not particularly good. And Gakway's very hit or miss, and their their tackles are nothing to write home about. Like the, the Titans, everybody's good up front. Everybody. And they're fresh. I think that matters. Like I, I was going doing some research for my column, like the nerd that I am. There's never been a Super Bowl ever where both teams showed up without at least one of them having a bye week. Ever. Every single Super Bowl, at least one of the teams has had a bye. Now, that'll probably change here with only one team having the bye per conference. You know, eventually we're going to see something happen there. But like I, I think I think it's a very even game. I do. If, if Cincinnati was at home and had a bye, I would take Cincinnati. I, I, I also think the disrespect thing with Tennessee is real. Like, guys in the NFL are motivated by money. Some are motivated by winning. 
all of them are motivated motivated by respect. Like nobody gives the Titans any respect. It's like there's just this speed bump. I like look how many times have we heard already on Tuesday afternoon? Oh, Chiefs Bills is the AFC Championship game. Yeah. Like, people just act like the Titans and the Bengals don't exist, which I think I gotta be honest, I think it's crazy. The Titans beat both of them this year. The Bengals beat the Chiefs. Now, would I take the Chiefs or the Bengals over one of those teams, or the Chiefs or the Bills over one of those two teams? Yes, I would. But this idea that like these teams are just bums that, that Kansas City and, and whatnot are going to roll over, I don't, I don't believe that. I don't see that. I think it'll be tough. Sterling, who's your who's your potential MVP in this one? Since you're going Bengals, uh, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's going to sprint it out. I think that as good as Jamar Chase is. The Titans are going to have to do something. Maybe he gets double teamed and that leaves Tyler Boyd open in the slot. Maybe that leaves T Higgin on the other side, but I like Joe Burrow, what he has done. I'm with you right now. They're very aggressive. They're, they're launching the ball right now. They're going deep seemingly at will Joe Burrow. It put up what 950 yards in, in two weeks. Yeah. I know this is not a bold take saying Joe Burrow, the quarterback of the team, I think is going to win, but if I want to be realistic, it's going to be Joe Burrow. I, I think Burrow's going to have a great game in this one. I, I I have a feeling that the Titans might be a little disjointed trying to work Derrick Henry back in. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they've just been sitting on him and he's going to come out and, and be Derrick Henry. But I think it might throw things off a little bit. For me, I think the last couple weeks of Jamar Chase just burning the crap out of people is going to cause the Titans to like overcorrect a little bit. And I think T. Higgins, who is a very good receiver, is going to have a day. I think they're going to, I think he's going to, Boyd probably too, but I think it's going to be the T. Higgins and Boyd show, but in particular T. Higgins. So for me, if the, if the Bengals do get it done, I think it's going to be T. Higgins that leads away with kind of a monster day. And maybe, maybe the Titans do a great job and they shut down Jamar Chase and it doesn't matter. Um, all right. What's your final score prediction for this one? 27 24, Tennessee. It's a good, that's a good solid football score, 27 24. Yeah. Yeah, right. I'm going slightly different 26-23 since Verderam took mine. So 26-23 Bengals. <laughs> okay. I love it. I'm going to go Bengals 33, Titans 27. A lot of points in this one. I don't know what the over under is, but it's not 60. Over. So you're hitting the over. <laughs> Hit the over. Hit the over. Um all right. Let's let's that's 47. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. I would I would have thought it would have been around 50. So um, we're all over. Yeah, let's th- let's pool our money together, then, guys. Let's throw some yeah. throw some down. <laughs> I know I never bet the over under. It's never like it's never enough of a payoff for me. I like to try to do like the crazy parlays where you know I bet like one or two dollars and I can win like one hundred twenty bucks. That's that's much more my speed, and it, it keeps my bankroll you know in the. Uh. It, it, in the, You're just in donating the money. Yeah, happening? yeah. One eight hundred bets <laughs> off, Patrick. Yeah, one eight hundred bets off. Come on. Betting the over under. Like, what do I want to? I, I gotta. I gotta bet too much money to win too little money. It's not fun for me. I don't care. At least you're winning money. I don't know. I, I, I do all right on the parlays. Do all the way. Follow my college football parlays. You do all right. Come out ahead this year. All right. Let's talk a little bit of Chiefs. By the way, we appreciate We got some guys in the chat. Uh, uh, Epic says 3128, uh, 31-28 Cincinnati. Flapjack, 3215. Uh, we, we need weirder numbers like 3215. Doesn't actually have a score prediction. Um, <laughs> Flapjack City says 1925 Titans. FAKC, 3330 Cincy. So we, we talked to some of our, our members, and if you're interested in being a member of the Arrowhead Attic Podcast, check out the join button over on YouTube. By the way, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button for us. We'd really appreciate it. Um, if you want to join, you get to hang out in the Discord with us. And we were just chatting with the guys today, asked for a couple topics about, you know, so, so some general Chiefs topics, Chief playoff topics that they wanted to hear us talk about during the show. And I thought this one was a really good one. I'm calling it Chiefs Playoff Ghosts. And the, the direct quote was, which dark ages Chiefs playoff loss damaged you the most? And I knew we could have some fun for this one. And I got to start with Verderam because, you know, I've seen I've seen the lights in, in Verderam's eyes go out a few times during Chiefs game in person. So yeah. uh, I'd love to know what stands out for you. Yeah, it's like when you feel your soul actually leaving your body. Right, right. You know, I think a lot, like I'm 33. This is as reference for anyone who's watching. And I know if you look at my hairline, you probably think I'm 63. Look, I... <laughs> That's right. I, I was born with that. That's no way to go through life. Let me tell you. The old widow's peak when you're five. Got him. It's it's not good. But no, look, I think a lot of people would say like 2013. I don't I I never gave a shit that they blew that lead to Indianapolis. They weren't going any further than that anyway. It was disappointing. It was embarrassing, but that game never 
that game never bothered me as I see my guy reach jump right in. That's, that's his call, right? Like, and I think a lot of people, that is their call. But for me, the game that bothered me the most <clears throat> was the 97 game against Denver because I was nine. And that was the first time watching that game. I was like, this team's just going to screw me. That's that's what's going to happen. Like It was like that realization as a nine-year-old kid. I'm like, that's it. I'm, I'm fucked. This is how this is going to go moving forward. Like, because I live, my first memories of them were 93 in the playoffs when they went to the AFC title game. I remember 95. I remember the Lynn <laughs> Elliott game. And I just remember my father being unbelievably despondent during that game. Like, I was seven and it wasn't quite grasping. Like, I understood the gravity of the game, but didn't, you know, I was like, all right, you know, I, rem- I remember when he lined up for his last kick. I, I distinctly remember saying to my dad, like, you know, he might make it. And it's just like, yeah, he's not going to make it. And then just being furious when he missed it. Just being like, all right, then, good night. And it was like 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And that was it. I got, for me, it was 97. Um, if it wasn't that, you know, in a weird way, that, 06, that the 2016 loss to Pittsburgh, where they gave up six field goals and lost, because yeah. that kind of felt like the end. That felt like you knew that team was never going to be the same after that. Like, the, now, and, and hell, it worked out great. They drafted Mahomes. But that loss, that that loss hit me especially hard. It really did. When you say ninety-seven, do you mean the the fourteen to ten loss to the Broncos? No, yeah, the Elway, the yeah. divisionals. Te- te- yeah. Technically happened in ninety-eight January. No, ninety-seven playoff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ninety-seven playoff. I just want to make sure we were. Yeah, because that, that's that's mine. Uh, so I yeah. might as well just go right into it. I was probably thinking junior high in that game, and like I remember, like I used to do this thing where I would set up like decorate around my TV with all my chiefs memorabilia. You know, I put like the little, I've got some of the stuff in here still somewhere, Calm down. you know, like, oh God, I, Oh, this thing, I got to show you this. My old man won this for me in a claw machine at the convenience store. I mean, we're talking like mid nineties, 95, maybe nice. number one chiefs rule. I mean, look at this. I've kept this thing the whole way. Um, still pretty good shape, to be honest with you. Although I think I spilled some beer on it at some point. But I was watching that game, and I would put this and all that stuff like around the TV, and I just get so hyped up for the games, and I wear my Marcus Allen jersey. And I remember standing there because watching the Chiefs at the end of the game, and I was like, I remember literally yelling, "Not like this! Not like this!" <laughs> and I ran up to my room and like threw myself on my bed after. I never forgot that. And it, it goes through my head all the time now when the Chiefs are playing. It's like, not like this. That, it was that brutal. Game, that game, and I'll let Sterling go, but that game was the game where I was like, fuck this. I think I was nine years old. Yeah. That might have been the exact quote, actually. It was yeah. just, I, yeah. like, this is, you've got to be kidding me. You scored 10 points. They sat Gannon to play Gerbach, who, who yep. I'm pretty sure that game like barely cracked 100 yards. It was so bad. 260. Oh, he I got the box score up. 260 and a touch. I can't believe he threw five many yards. I really can't. Like they were I, I remember that game because I just remember thinking, like, my God, just score a point. Like yeah. just do anything. And it just yeah. couldn't be bothered. Couldn't do anything. That no punt game, like some people that bothers them. That game, what I, another another game where I was like, yeah, they're gonna get killed by New England the following weekend anyway. But man, they've had a lot of them. They have had yeah. a lot of them. That that game was, you know. Interesting players in that game. Elway only threw for 170 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Terrell Davis ran up for 101 yards, average four yards to carry two touchdowns. But listen to these pass catchers for the Chiefs leading the team. Any guess who led the team in receiving in that day? Yes. I I, I don't even have to look at the box score. Joe Horn. No. 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 Oh. Joe Horn was number two. He Joe had Horn a huge had one deep ball catch. Yeah. He had one catch for 50 yards. I mean, just the fact that you remember that Joe Horn had a huge catch in that game is. You should feel no shame at not getting this one right <laughs> because you remember that he had one, he caught one ball and you remember it. Um, Andre Risen, eight receptions for 110 yards. I Old Spider-Man. Tony Gonzalez only had three catches for 26 yards and a touchdown. But here are some guys for you. Lake Dawson. Remember yep. Lake Dawson? Ted yep. Popson. I mean, Dan and Hughes. Kimball Anders had two receptions for four yards. And our guy, Tamark Vanover. Tamark Vanover, one, one reception for three yards. Yeah, it was... Uh, it was uh it was a, that was a heartbreaking one. And for the other one too for me, and I'll let we'll finally let Sterling speak. <laughs> that game, the the comeback uh where we blew the lead against the Colts, it was my wife's dad's retirement party. And at the time we were um geez, we might have been engaged at the time. So like I haven't been to Chicago a lot at that point. We used to live in New York. 
we come and she finds this bar around the corner from the retirement party. We actually drove by it the other day uh, and I, we pointed it out because this is a legendary story. We're sitting there, we're watching the Chiefs game and you know it's the afternoon because it's right before dinner and there's nobody in there. And there's these guys came in and they were just like buddies. They were having a couple of beers. They were sitting behind us and they were, we were talking to them the whole game and they were like, oh yeah, man, you guys got this. You're good. You're good. Like I had literally like clothes in the car. I had my Chiefs jersey on and like we're watching and they're like, you guys are going to be okay. You're going to be okay. And then like at some point they kind of changed over to consoling me. And it was like this, like, they were like, oh man, we're really sorry, man. And then like they lost and we had to leave. And like, I was walking out and they were just like, we're, we're so sorry. <laughs> like, they just complete stranger. They took so much pity on me. Um, absolutely. That's a, that's Chiefs Prima Homes for you. All right, Sterling, give it to us. As upsetting as that Colts game was when they were up 38 to 10 and blew it at halftime, I went and got ice cream. I went to go celebrate to bring it back for the final oh, half. No. So it's your fault. You did this. I'm an it asshole. You. I'm an asshole. Yeah. 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 Bitch. No, yeah. I, I got to say forward progress. Are you fucking kidding me? The ref retired oh. after the game. Yeah. The ref retired post game. <laughs> like, like <laughs> has that ever happened where he's like, yeah, guys, I am so bad. I think I blew it this bad. I must retire. Mariota to fucking Mariota. Yeah. What? Like, I literally <laughs> thought game. the Chiefs were cursed. I literally go, this is impossible. This franchise did a deal with the devil somehow, and they will never win a game. This is it. This is what's going to happen. This is my life. I'm a Mizzou fan and a Chiefs fan. Great. This is it. I'm never going to see anything. I was in Philadelphia at the time, too. I was at Big Charlie's Saloon in yeah. South Philly. Oh, you were at Big Charlie's. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Great beer. Great spot. If you're a Chiefs fan, mm-hmm. anywhere down there. Philadelphia area, check out Big Charlie's Saloon. It's great. My dad and I went there. It's fun. Just everyone at once, the Mariota to Mariota. God, yeah. just I've never heard a place so quiet. You know, the, the the forward progress thing, like, you know how, like, I'm not, like, a super angry guy. Like, I don't fly off the handle. I'm not, like, one of those, like, anger issues people. But, like, I feel so much rage still over that forward progress call. Like, every once in a while, I pull up the clip. You know, how, like, some people black out when they get, like, blind rage and all that stuff. I'm telling you, man, sometimes I have an arguments with my wife and I just get really pissed off and like I'll just randomly scream. Yeah. And fucking Marcus Mariota was sacked. What were they even thinking? Like it just comes out of me in the middle of an argument. And she's like, what's wrong? And I was like, I'm just pissed off. And this is the thing that I'm most angry about. It's, it's good. A good diversion. Um, but yeah, I agree. That game was that was that that was a game where you were like, how can this just keep happening? Like, you know to what? This team? Let's spin it now because everybody's ready to, I think, pretty much log off and, and drink bourbon <laughs> all night now <laughs> after they won a playoff game. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, though, taking a little bit of a right turn. You know when I knew that it was over? Like when all this crap was over and behind them? It wasn't when Mahomes first started because as great as he was and it is, there was this like, okay, like, he's amazing, but this is the Chiefs. So something horrible's coming. Like, <laughs> Something absolutely gut-wrenching's coming. And who do they play in his first playoff game? The Colts. Who mm. here's here's a fun fact. Okay. Arrowhead Stadium was built in 1972. The Chiefs prior to that day, prior to that game, had won two playoff games at Arrowhead Stadium. The Colts had also won two playoff games at Arrowhead Stadium. Okay. So that's the backdrop of that game. I remember sitting there, and I was on the can. I was on Kansas City Radio the night before the game. They're like, hey, "Who who are you picking?" I was like, "The Colts," because I just can't do this anymore. I the Chiefs <laughs> should kill them. They should win the game, but it, it's just every time, every time. So, long story short, obviously we all know the, the result, but I will never forget they're up seventeen nothing. And even then, I'm like, "All right, this is always the setup. Like, it's always some horrible thing." And the Colts blocked the punt and scored. And I'm like, that's it. Here we go. Here, yeah. here it comes. And Mahomes took the ball and went right down the field on five plays. I was like, nope, that's it. 24 to seven. And yeah. I remember, I'm like, they're finally going to win a playoff game. Like, they, this is finally different. But I got to tell you, watching that Steelers game on Sunday when JJ or JJ when TJ Watt forced call, he, he, he caused the interception, then fumble, scoop and score, touchdown. I would be lying if I was like, this fucking team. Are you kidding me? Are they going to do this? Like, th- yeah. And then, and then, just instantly, thirty-five points. You're like, oh, that's over. <laughs> I mean, that's the difference now. It was always for years we were stuck with either either a decent quarterback like an Alex Smith or Trent Green or abject bullshit. 
you know, Steve Bono, Elvis Gerback, all these guys who couldn't play a damn, couldn't do anything, Matt Castle. And now it's like, no, you know what? It doesn't matter that we're down 7 nothing. It doesn't matter because God and cleats is on our side, and right. here it comes. I mean, yeah. that game went from, oh, my God, to, oh, my God, the other direction within a span <laughs> of, like, six real minutes. It was just over, and that that's yeah. the difference, and thank God for it. There's going to be a whole generation of Chiefs fans, you know, by the time Mahomes' contract is over, that don't know pain. I that know. don't know, like, real real Chiefs pain, you I know? know. Uh, I'm happy for them. Your, your own daughter, by the way. She's she's going to grow up thinking like this is just the way it's always been. It's the way it's always going to be. God bless her. <laughs> she woke up Monday morning she, and she woke me up and she's like, hey, dad, did the Chiefs win last night? First night. I'm like, yeah, honey, they won. She's like, oh, that's good. I, I thought they'd win. And she's just bopping down the hallway. <laughs> if that was me as a kid, yes. it would have been, hey, dad, did Chiefs win? No, they yeah. were up 97 points in the fourth and blew it. Like, <laughs> oh, all right. A lot. Awesome. You know what? Make her a Mizzou fan and a KU football fan for good measure. Just that way she can really feel both sides of the equation. Oh, listen, I mean, she's going to inherit the Knicks, so there's pain oh, coming. There you go. There there's you go. pain coming. But Elijah in the chat said, uh, random shout out to the 2014-2015 team with no wide receiver touchdowns. Can you imagine I mean, that now? They don't go a half yeah. without a wide receiver touchdown. Right. Right. Oh, it, like the fact that that actually happened, and then that was like not far away from what we had the season where we got like what eleven sacks the entire year, something like that. Do you remember that? It was terrible. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, there was that. But the best part of that fourteen fifteen season that that year they went nine and seven, didn't make the playoffs. Was if you remember the last game of that season, they played the Chargers because Justin Houston was trying to get the sack record. He had a crazy game. He almost got there. That was the all-time moment for that season because you have offensively, Bo caught a ball at like the one-yard line and fumbled mm-hmm. the ball into the goal, into the end zone. So it didn't count <laughs> as a wide receiver touchdown. Yeah. And then the all-time Bob Sutton moment. Houston is a half sack from taking the all-time record. That's right. The final play. They're up by like two scores. It means nothing. He dropped them into coverage. I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God. God bless Justin Houston. I would have been yeah. like, screw you, man. I'm I don't yeah. care. Like, you know how unbelievably, like, the, the lack of awareness you have to have in a meaningless game on a meaningless play. And this guy's a half sack away from immortality. He's got like five in the game. And you're like, hey, Justin, why don't you take away curl flat? <laughs> that was, I mean, you just can't. And he was the coordinator, unfortunately, for another like three or four years after. It's just, oh, my God. Like, what world do you live in? It was, yeah. it was everything. Everything. Chase Daniel started the game for the Chiefs. Like it was just, it was a perfect encapsulation of, of that time period. Bob Sutton, the second best white-haired Chiefs coach behind Dick Curl, who I who I used Don't to refer to as Dick Curl. <laughs> I used to refer to him as Father Time. What uh, a name, <laughs> Dick Curl. Yeah. Are you Dick kidding Curl. me? It is what it is. Yep, yep. Um, so. That was fun. Uh, appreciate the ideas. We got another one here that I wanted to get to. What's the worst Chiefs take you've ever heard? And, and, and we're going to fuck Matt Connor. Matt Connors. Like, we're all saying Matt Connor basically. Are we going to do this to him? There might be some people who don't know. Thrash him. <laughs> Go ahead, Sterling. No, what was it? Mahomes is never going to be anything. It was a bad draft pick. What was no, it? No, he, he, said, trade, no, he said he, he was going to trade him for big. For Baker Mayfield, <laughs> it was it was it was to now to context this for the, for the yes. listeners before they before they send stuff to his house. It's unseemly. <laughs> it was before <clears throat> Mahomes started a game. It was like or, or right after he started one game. He started one game, and it was like so. It was before the 2018 year, and he was like, you know, would you not trade Mahomes and something for Mayfield? And, right, and remember, and Mayfield something. had like 30, he had like 30 <laughs> touchdowns. He had a really good season that year. But it was a but, tragic yeah, it was take. Tragic. <laughs> That's a bad take. Yeah. While we're throwing people who support us under the bus, Arrowhead Addict founder uh, Zach Best was uh, the night that Mahomes got drafted, was blowing me up and was like really mad that we took Mahomes. Thought it was a terrible idea. Mm. And um, 
<clears throat> and he, he, of course, he, he, is, he is a big proponent of the reverse jinx and so maintains till this day. He was just trying to make sure that Mahomes had as good of a season and good a yeah. career as possible sure. with, with that tick. He was in the camp. Remember back then there were a lot of people who were in the camp of we can win with Alex Smith. We, could, like, we should be drafting players. We're a playoff team right now. We should be drafting help and not a quarterback who's not going to start right away. And, of course, he didn't start right away. But, like, look. There's only a couple people out there who knew Mahomes was going to be like this and be like this this fast. And it was Brett Veach, right? I mean, Brett Veach knew, maybe Andy knew, but like most analysts were like, yeah, this guy's a little raw. His throwing motion, you know, his footwork needs work, all that stuff. Uh, and everybody's just wrong. <laughs> they were just really, really wrong about Mahomes. I would say, look, there's, I mean, there's a million takes these days. <clears throat> One of them that sticks with me that I remember at the time, just thinking like, this is so dumb. I can't believe anyone would utter the sentence. Was your you you guys, I know you love him. Skip Bayless had a take that <laughs> Derrick Henry, this was before the AC title game a couple of years ago. That Derek Derrick Henry is the I, I want to get this 100 percent right. It was either that he was the better player. I think it was actually both. The better and more important player in the game than Patrick Mahomes. And I just remember being like, there, there's no possible way a serious person would ever say this. Like, I yeah. I don't care if Derrick Henry rushes for 8,000 yards next season. Like, in no world is he more important than, than Patrick Mahomes. Oh, no, he's the best player in this game. Best player. <laughs> and I, I just floored. Just completely floored by the entire thing. Like, I could not believe that that was a possible take from a human being with a platform. And uh, Derrick Henry rushed for 69 yards that game. And Mahomes threw for, I believe, over 300. And obviously, we know who won. But it was just, it was it was a mind-bending conversation to watch. That's bad. What about you, Sterling? It, 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 well, you, you said Matt Connor. Connor. We already went through the Yeah, that's yeah, it, the worst. <laughs> I got to go. I got to tell you, I'm gonna, one of the worst Chiefs takes I ever heard was Ryan Clark this year. Patrick Mahomes is broken. We all know what he was getting at, but to me, that was going too far, right? And that's why I keep hammering it on Twitter. Some guy yesterday was like, can we just let it go? It makes us look petty. And I was like, I'm never letting it go, ever. I, I am a big fan of pettiness. It was so, it's so absurd to say that this guy who's never had a slump in his entire career, to go and say broken is just absurd. Say he needs to play better. He's got some things to work out, but it's that sort of like, you know, I know you're on TV and you got to you got to say the, the get the hot take out there. But that was just like, come on, man. Like, don't don't say that. Right. Like, don't say don't you, say Mahomes is broken. That that take that take pissed a lot of people off. Like and not yeah. like in like an I'm mad on Twitter way, like in a real way. That take that was not kindly taken by some folks very close to Patrick Mahomes. They, they were pissed. I, yeah. I think a lot of people feel like the term broken is a little bit even more of a personal attack more than it is. Mm. And I don't mind saying this because it was on Twitter. Uh, his personal trainer, Bobby Strope, ripped the daylights out of Ryan Clark after that. I mean, ripped him. After the next game, Mahomes went nuts. And he's like, is he yeah. broken now? Is he broken? And like, they got into a back and forth on Twitter, the whole deal. Like, I, And hey, look, Bobby, I wouldn't say it if it wasn't public. He, I mean, he went after him. Like, it was – and that's – look, I think there's – there's always a, a fine line if you're going to criticize somebody. Like, look, it, I think it would have been fine if, if Ryan Clark or anybody at that point had said, hey, look, he's struggling right now. You know, he's not quite playing up to the standards he normally does. But to come out and be like, he's broken, suggests that he's mentally not there, that he's somehow uh, emotionally cooked. That, that I think, pisses a lot of people off. I was shocked today, and I'm not even criticizing this take because in some ways it's accurate. But I saw a little clip from Get Up this morning which I actually do enjoy uh, to a large degree. And Mike Greenberg was saying how Mahomes, by his standards, has not had a great year. And I was like, the guy just threw for 4,800 yards and 37 touchdowns. And yet, like, which, by the way, is a better year than Josh Allen had, statistically speaking, from a passing standpoint. Right. Like, and yet people yeah. act like he's he's some bum this year. That like, oh, now he's just kind of getting hot. And like, what are we talking about? The guy yeah. almost had 5,040. And it's like, yeah, he was all right. Like people treat it like it was like Kirk Cousins' year, you know? Like, it's <laughs> yeah. How I mean, look how amazing he was in the playoff game. Like, I get it's Pittsburgh. I don't care who you're playing. He was unbelievable after he yeah. threw that pick. Five touchdowns in eleven and a half minutes. Nobody talks about it. Everybody's talking about Allen. Everybody's talking about Stafford because with Mahomes, it's just expected. 
It's just, yeah. you know, well, of course he did that. Of course that happened. Like, it, no matter what he does going forward, because of the first year he had, it'll always be like, oh, yeah, 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 he's great. You know, of course, we know that. You know, how many times have you seen like a top 25 under 25 list and people are like, well, we're excluding Mahomes because it's just <laughs> not fair. Like, otherwise, he clearly is right. number one. He's he's incredible. And I, I yeah. have a feeling you're going to see that on Sunday when we're going to hear a ton of takes this week about how he's the lesser quarterback. And are they, is he good enough? Can he match Josh Allen? Is he good enough? Can he handle the yeah. pressure that is Josh Allen? We'll see. It's like the people that are like, he needs to do fewer commercials. Like he's filming no, commercials exactly. at halftime. <laughs> like he's filming commercials Baker's. at halftime. He's back there Baker's. with Jake from State Farm. Yeah. Oh, Baker. Well, Baker, because he lives in the house. He lives in the stadium. He has to do all that stuff. So I thought this was a fun one as well. What is the worst Chiefs take you've ever had? Oh, What's the one take that you had that like you were just dead ass wrong about um, that you that you hope you didn't tweet? And if you did tweet it, you deleted it. I, I think one, I was at the draft in Philadelphia when they traded up and I was stoked by the trade up. And I go, Deshaun Watson, baby. I can't believe it. The Chiefs are going to get Deshaun Watson. They did it. They have their quarterback and then they got Mahomes. And I wasn't like disappointed, but I was also like, oh, this feels like this could be a, a few years before Mahomes gets any sort of action. This feels like a three year timetable. I thought Deshaun could have started right away. I was wrong. <laughs> and then my other yeah. one just kind of funny John Baldwin. I thought John Baldwin was going to be an absolute stud for the Chiefs. Yeah. A first yeah. round wide receiver. I go, oh my gosh, they have it. He's going to be Calvin Johnson. He can do no yeah. wrong. And, uh, he could do wrong. He didn't do much he right. Got punch, he got punched in the face. He got his face broken. <laughs> Although he did make one of the one of the finest catches that wasn't a catch I've ever seen in my life. It was absolutely incredible. When we caught it behind the guy's back, and then it got it got uh, over. Uh, it was like a holding or something, and it went back. That was pretty incredible. What about you, Verger? What was your worst Chiefs well, take? So Sterling and I are in lockstep in some regard. My first tweet ever was that Jonathan Baldwin is going to be amazing. <laughs> oh, that's incredible! The very first tweet. I know I uh, love Bar immensely, which is smart. Yeah, I had the worst take in the world, and then people are like, "All right, this dude can only come up from here." <laughs> I just saw his size, and I'm like, "This guy, like, this guy's a beast!" Like, my as it turns out, he runs like he's in cement um, and can't get off the jam. So that was one of them. I also infamously had a take that I was like, it was, I got to give credit. Mike Florio, pro football talk was like, yeah, I'm hearing that the Chiefs might trade Marcus Peters. And I, I, now at this point, I had no sources in the league. Like, this was about a year, year and a half before I started having sources. It was just a strict opinion. And I was like, there is no fucking way they're trading Marcus Peters. They're going to sign the guy and make him the highest bid quarter in the league. He's a turnover machine. Yeah, he's mercurial, but he's an unbelievable talent. They trade him the next day. <laughs> I, the next day, Florio, oh, yeah. me, Clay Travis, like it, it put me in an article about it. Like, yeah, I like embedded my tweet. Yeah. Like, not didn't write about me, but just embedded the tweet. Right. I got the. I have had people in the organization actually mention it to me, like jokingly. But I mean, it was it was like the worst time tweet of all time. Like, yeah, they're gonna trade him, and like an hour <laughs> later, he's gone. It was just like, yeah. and thank God now for sources that that hopefully will never yeah. happen again. But. I, remember, I just laughed. I'm like, how could I, you know, how could you be so wrong? But I was, agreed with you. I thought it was crazy. I thought it was nuts. I, I did thought, too. But yeah. it was nuts. Yeah. And I remember I asked a few people who covered the team at the time who I, you know, I was friends with, who I, you know, like Twitter friends who I knew. And they were like, yeah, I haven't heard a word about that. That's fucking crazy. Like the guy's unbelievable. Nope, gone. So part of me, <laughs> I'm like, I don't feel too bad because everybody thought Florio was out of his mind. And he, give him credit. He was right. Yeah. And then I will say, here's one that was just emotionally based and never tweet emotionally, kids. The Chiefs, yeah. it was that year they started one and five, and then they, they reeled off 10 straight wins, beat Houston in the playoffs. During the fifth loss of that, I was like, the Chiefs probably should just can read. Like, this is just, this is Ooh. so bad. Ooh. You know, because you, you, you think about it, they were coming off a year where they missed the playoffs. Then they, they started out one and five. And I'm like, look, and I, I remember tweeting, like, it wasn't, like, I wasn't bashing him. I was just like, he's a really good coach, but like, something's just not right. This team is a mess. Immediately, just reel off eleven straight wins, which I was I was thrilled about. But yeah, I've had a few. I've had a few, and guess yeah. what? I'm gonna have I'm gonna have more of them. Unfortunately, that's just the way it is in this business. Well, we got a we got a super chat from our friend Axon Axon Jackson, the uh, the Bills Where's fan. Nice seeing some more some more Bills fans on here tonight. Uh, it's basically the game we all knew was coming. Shame it's not the AFC Championship game rematch. Ten bucks for you from a from a Bills fan anti troll. Appreciate you for 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 
for that, Verderam, do you want to give Action Axon Jackson your your worst ever Bills take? Oh yeah, do you remember yeah, what it yeah, is? Yeah, of yeah. course. <laughs> He'll hopefully think this is funny. So I I was we were getting ready for the draft the year Allen came out, and I was going over the quarterbacks, and I don't I honestly don't even remember my opinion on some of the other guys. I, I, I thought Darnold, I know I thought he would be good. I thought Darnold would be good. I thought Jackson would be okay. But Allen, I watched him, then I looked at his numbers, and I'm like, I just look. He obviously big, strong guy, huge arm. Like love all that about him. You know, agile. But he was really inaccurate. I think he completed like 56% of his passes in college. And I went back right. and looked at the previous like 15 or 20 years. And he was like, of, of his completion percentage of Wyoming, it was like the most inaccurate quarterback other than like maybe Kyle Bowler and there's like one other guy in the first round. And those guys had all been, but anybody below 60% in their career, I think the only exclusion was like Matt Ryan. They'd all been bust otherwise. So using that data and what I watched them, I wrote a piece that was, I think the title was Josh Allen will be an inaccurate bust in the NFL. That was it. And yeah. I just laid out a case. I'm like, look, he doesn't complete enough passes. Like, I like the guy's talent, but if you can't complete passes, you're screwed. The first two years, I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty much right. And then he developed into this into this wonder because he's been unbelievable. And I got to yeah. say, I've never been happier to be wrong. Because I love watching him. He's a great player. He's so much fun. Yeah. But I really did. Like the first couple of years, I'm like, he can't complete passes. Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> you know, I was yeah. just like. And you did research on it. It, was, it wasn't like no, you were just like spouting off. Like, like he's, was, he has really bucked a trend. Yes. That a lot but, of players have not been able to. Oh, I, I, and I, I will give Bills fans forever. I, none of them ever got on me about that. They're like, look, he wasn't accurate. Like they were. You know the most understanding. Yeah. Beat. I think they're just so happy that he's he's a great player. But yes, yeah. I uh, oh yeah, I, I was like, yeah, he's gonna suck because he's inaccurate. Well, as it turned out, he he's been great, and he and you know what? Normally, if you're inaccurate, you are inaccurate in the NFL. But he really worked on. It. I give him a lot of credit. He's become a much more accurate, diligent thrower of the ball. Uh, but oh yeah, that was that was that was a shame. These things happen. For for me, it was um, I really wanted the Chiefs to to draft RG three. And what I wanted them to, if you remember now, like the, at the time he was a very highly rated prospect. So it wasn't a crazy take at the time, but looking at how it worked out, the chiefs were picking, I think in the twenties or something they and they had no chance. Massively trade. Up. <laughs> yeah. They would have had to like, I mean, completely mortgage the future, but I had like gotten to the point and I was covering the team at the time where I was like, Look, this team is never going to win anything until it gets a quarterback. They should just trade all the assets that they have and take the, the best prospects they can get each year until they finally get a damn quarterback. Um, and I was like, they should trade up. Like, they should just unload and trade up to get RG3. And I did this, like, whole campaign uh, on Arrowhead Addy for the trade up to get RG3. Glad I didn't do that. All right. What is the most underrated Chiefs game in your lifetime? I thought this was a really interesting question. Like it doesn't, the way it was posed to me was it doesn't have to be a game where, you know, it was a great game or an exciting game, but like, it's just like a game you really enjoyed or that like maybe is a little underrated by Chiefs fans. Underrated. Halloween game. Okay. Halloween Ooh, game. Was that's that a Sunday good one. night, Monday night with the Chiefs playing the Chargers? Phillip Rivers Monday. had a chance to kneel. I was at the game <laughs> with a Chargers fan who bought me the tickets so I couldn't say shit. I can't rip into you it. You're a like, Chargers fan? Dude bought, <laughs> yeah, right? Dude bought me these good tickets. Me and him are in high school. We're having a good time. And then Phillip Rivers fumbles the ball trying to kneel i couldn't believe it it's only things that like like in a movie you go oh come on you can't that's that's silly talk no one believes that shit and then it happened in real life it was that to me is one of the most underrated chiefs games it was so fun it was pandemonium who recovered it it was uh studebaker studebaker andy studebaker right yeah, he didn't get all the way back though. Remember, he got tackled, and it led to a, all the all the the Studebaker ran out of gas jokes. That was against Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, that pick. Yeah, yeah, uh, that was incredible. Andy Studebaker of the Studebaker family. Yes, the famous Studebaker yes. family. Yeah, had a nice career actually. Like played for Indy. Yeah, did a nice job. Um, all right. So I guess I can't say that the '94 Monday Night Games underrated with Montana and Elway because it's kind of widely known as one of the great Monday Night Games of all. But I'll give you two other ones against Denver because Denver was e easily a team I hated the most with a passion growing up. That 97 game where Stojanovich kicked a 54-yarder to win it at the gun, that is like, to this day, my favorite non-playoff Chiefs game of all time. Love it. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go look it up on, on, on YouTube. 97 Chiefs-Broncos. Don't look at the playoff game, my God. It's a regular season game. It's in November, 
and Stojanovic kicks this 54-yard field goal. This thing made it over the crossbar by about a foot, and it was unbelievable. I remember going nuts. More recently, though, I'll give you this one. That 2016 game in Denver where they played them on a Sunday night and they tied it with no time left, and then they won on that kick by Santos. It hit the upright and went straight across and went in. That game was nuts. That was one of the crazier Chiefs games. I was so mad at them during the game. If anyone out there remembers like I do, Trevor Simeon was the quarterback for the Broncos. Philip Gaines was getting just torched in that game. And they just kept leaving him on an island. Good old Bob Sutton. Thanks, Bob. Just kept leaving him on an island. And I was so pissed. They were down by eight. I took my jersey off. And I, I was like, I told my wife, I was living in Chicago at the time, I'm like, I'm going to take a drive. I am so annoyed that they're losing to Trevor Simeon. I cannot believe this guy is lighting this team up. And I'm driving around, and in my head, I'm like, you know what, man, it's an eight-point game. Like, maybe by some miracle, they drive down. They did nothing the whole game offensively. And I see that they're driving on my phone. So I, I pulled the game up, the video of it, the live feed on my phone. I pulled it on McDonald's. I must have sat there in the parking lot for an hour, like a maniac, watching the game on my phone. <clears throat> and as Santos is lining up for the kick, the kick goes up, and it's like rear, it's veering toward the upright. And the screen goes out. My dad calls me. He's like, Oh, it's unbelievable, unbelievable game. I'm like, what the hell just happened? Like, he's going to hit the upright and you went in, you know. So we're going crazy. And and anybody who saw me, I mean, it had to be at 11 o'clock at night. They're they're probably like, this this guy's on drugs. I mean, I was in the park lot of McDonald's all by myself going nuts. And uh, I remember I it's came not back. mutually exclusive, Verderam. You can do both. Yeah, yeah, these things happen. <laughs> and I, I remember I went through the drive-through afterward, and they're like, "Hey, can we get?" I'm like, "The biggest McFlurry you've got? What is like one size?" I'm like, "Oh, man, give me two of them." And uh, <laughs> yeah, it was. This is oh, it was great. I was so happy. That was before you were sponsored by Casey Beer Co. That's right. You had to, you had to go to McFlurry route. Um, that's a great one. Mine. This has got to be like the most obscure game, but it's 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 fitting for this week. 2010 Chiefs Bills Halloween that game. Overtime game. This was not a, the overtime game. This was not a pretty football game. Okay, <laughs> the Bills were 0 and 7. The, the Chiefs were 5 and 2. It was Ryan Fitzpatrick versus Matt Castle. Here's some other people who played in this game: Fred Jackson, Roscoe Parrish, Lee Evans, Stevie Johnson. Yeah. Tony Moyaki, Leonard Pope, remember Leonard, and Terrence Copper, who another one of my bad takes was that t- we needed to get Terrence Copper some more playing time. He's going to be good. Listen to this game. That game, if you remember, went into overtime. The Chiefs won it 13 to 10. It went all the way down to, to the last like moments of the game. I think time literally expired. It would have been a tie. The Chiefs hit it and won the football game. But listen to the stat line from this. It was such a crazy back and forth game. And like, for me, I really enjoyed it because the tension was so high, you know, like all through overtime, because you were in sudden death for a good part of it. And you were like, oh my God, what's going to happen? Jamal Charles in this game was unbelievable. He 22 carries for 177 yards and he led the team in receiving, of course did. which is, is, is sad, but also impressive for him. Four receptions for 61 yards. This was not a game. If you liked quarterback play, um, <laughs> the chiefs, the Chiefs, and I don't know how they only scored 10 points in regulation. Charles had 177 yards. Thomas Jones had 77 yards on 19 carries. Um, good, old, good old Thomas Those Jones. biceps. Yeah. Yeah. But, but like your, your leading receivers of this game, Jamal Charles with 61 yards. Next up was Tony Moiaki with three receptions for 45. Third was Leonard Pope. In case you're counting, he had 20 yards. In case you're counting, that was a running back and two tight ends. Yeah, we, we don't have to go any further than this. That game was a disgrace, right. but they did win. <laughs> they won it, and it was fun. It's just one of those games I always remembered as being exciting. But, yeah, that in a game, keep in mind, in a game where Jamal Charles had 22 carries for 177 yards, Todd Haley gave Thomas Jones 19 carries. Yeah, I, of course he did. By the way, there have been some other notable <laughs> ones here in the chat I want to shout out real quick that are great yeah. games. USAF Chiefs fan. Chiefs-Browns season opener 2002 with, with that, that Dwayne Rudd play, the helmet. That's one of the all-timers. That's a, that's a great ball. Yeah. Lucas S., who's, who's always here, thanks, Lucas, says the, the game where the Chiefs basically got Peyton Manning benched in Denver. Mm. Got a four-time, four picks. Uh-huh. And Dan O'Dell the a great call. Chiefs Chargers 1995 Van over and overtime on Monday Night Football. That oh, was a, yeah. that was a great one. That was a great. There have been listen the Chiefs for all their their heartbreak that we detailed in painstaking form earlier. They have had some 
some very memorable. I mean, hell, there was another game, 97. They went into the Coliseum and beat the Raiders on that last second Hail Mary at Horizon on Sunday Night Football. That was a crazy yeah. game. So there, there have been – the Chiefs have had some. The Chiefs have had some incredible games. Hell, one of the games, Patrick, you and I were out on, maybe Sterling, you were even there too, who knows, was the 2016, the Thursday Night Football game where they beat the Raiders. And it was mm-hmm. like for the division. And that was that game where everybody was chanting for Tyreek Hill and he ran back that block. Oh, that was insane. Yeah. It's a lot of stuff. <laughs> that was incredible. That stadium when I was there. It was yeah. nuts. That, that Chiefs-Browns game, that was my first year in college. So I go to college. I'm in my dorm room for the first time. I'm watching the game because because I was you know it was, it was on in that region and uh, <laughs> it was like a two suite room and I was in the other room watching the TV and as the game was as the game was just about over I heard my phone ringing in the other in the other room. This is back before people had for for all you young kids. This is when we had sort of landlines and stuff. I heard my phone ringing in the other room. And it was my old man who's a Browns fan calling to gloat. And so I watch, I, I don't go in cause I don't want to hear it and I'm disgusted. And then I see what happens the rest of the game. So after it's over, I run into the other room to call my old man to, you know, gloat back at him. And I see we got a voicemail and then like, I pick up the phone, I call the voicemail and I hear my old man. And he's like, Oh, Oh, what happened to the chiefs? He called before the game was over and he's like, Oh, what happened to the chiefs? Chiefs going to lose to the Browns. This is our year. And then he just stopped talking. And it was just silence. You could hear the TV in the in the background, and it was just like thirty seconds of silence, and then it just clicked and hung up. <laughs> God, I wish I still had that voicemail saved. It was the absolute all time voicemail. All right, as we're getting close to wrapping it up here, last one. If you had all the money you needed, all the time in the world, what would be your ideal perfect Chiefs game day, uh, like meal and party? Like, what would you do? What would it be? So we got we got food and gathering. How do you oh, want to do it? Okay, it's going to be a night game. I'm going to wake up no. and play golf in the morning. It's going to be great. Then I'm going to get to the stadium. No traffic. There's going to be zero traffic. I'm going to waltz right into my spot. I'm going to have Gates barbecue brought to me. I'm going to have Casey beer aplenty. I'm going to relax. Mm. Chiefs win. How's that? That sounds good to me, man. I mean, I love it. Yeah, I think that sounds awesome. I, I'm not going to say which barbecue place I go to because, we. You know, hey, listen, if somebody wants to sponsor barbecue joint, I, you know, listen, we're here. You know, I'm open for business. Yeah. But uh, there would be there'd be plenty of KC beer, of course. But yeah, big, big spread of burn ends. I'm a big burn ends guy. I'm, I'm all about them, right? So bring yeah. me that. And I love it. The, the underrated thing about barbecue, too, are the sides. Like, I love the, the mac and cheese and the coleslaw and the potato salad. Bring, bring it all. Look, if I'm not if I'm not bordering on a heart attack by the end of this, it's a failure. I want to eat enough. You know, I get the, like the meat sweats go. You're just, you're just mm. you feel like your body is ruined that shirt, yeah. baby. Right, like your body is giving way because <laughs> your body's like I can't. You've eaten five pounds of burn ends and enough macaroni and cheese to take down a horse. And it's it's eleven a.m. And then of course you wash it down with the Casey beer. I give give me a pills. Give, give me uh, give me a Heffenweizen. Give me whatever you got. And then beyond the Edelweiss, I love the Edelweiss by the way. And then after that, I think I just want to tailgate, throw the ball around, right? Play some play some cornhole, have some fun. And I agree, it's got to be a night game. And I I would say it's got to be against. I would want it against a really good team, and the Chiefs just hammer them like. What I, I didn't even matter, like, or or it's the Raiders and it's just an abject killing, right? Like, is that that's always enjoyable as well? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I yeah. mean that that would be probably where I go with it. Love it. Give me a day in October, about a fifty-four degree day, an Arrowhead parking lot, night game. But they open up. I, I got enough money. I pay. I pay Clark Hunt. You know, line his pockets yeah, a little bit. You know, he's having a tough time financially. How, how in your perfect uh, game day you have to pay <laughs> parking? <laughs> Dream a little, <laughs> because I've got all the money in the world. No, what I want to do, <laughs> I want to pay them to open up the Arrowhead parking lot at 7 a.m. for a night game, right? I want to be there all day with all the Chiefs fans. It's my favorite place in the world is to be in Arrowhead Stadium parking lot, just walking around, talking to Chiefs fans I don't know, getting to know people. The very first time I ever went to Arrowhead, because most of you people, you watch this podcast, you know I grew up in Ohio. The first time I ever went to Arrowhead and I was running Arrowhead Attic, like Chiefs fans welcomed me. Before I got there, a couple nice Chiefs fans invited me. They had a they had a bus, you know. I went hung out at their tailgate. Like I was I was by myself. Like it d- didn't matter, you know what I mean. Like I had 
friends. And that's what is cool to me about this podcast. That's why I loved working for Arrowhead Addict and Fan Sided is like the community aspect of this whole thing. So I want a whole day in Arrowhead Stadium where I can just walk around and meet as many people as possible, drink some Casey beer with everybody, try everybody's barbecue, check out their setups, check out their RVs. It's so yep. much fun. I love to spend a day doing that. And yeah, then I want to go in. I want to sit in Clark Hunt's suite, you know, with the fireplaces and all the wood. Uh, and just and yeah, watch just an absolutely incredible game. Give me uh, you know what? Since since this is a since this is a fantasy, I want to I want a fantasy matchup. I want to see Mahomes versus Elway in his prime. That's the game I want. One of those great Broncos teams from back in the day, Elway in his prime. That's the game I want to see. I want to see it on Monday Night Football, and I want to be able to hear the commentary from John Madden and Pat Summerall. Mm. So that's me dreaming big, right? That's the way I want it to go now. Uh, Those are awesome questions. Thank you, everybody. And real quick, before we get to our reader reviews, Joseph Jackson uh, for the Super Chat. Thank you. His his worst take was he thought Andy Reid was burned out and was a bad hiring. Oops. Yes, indeed. That is a bad take. And thank you for your support in the Super Chat. All right. We got to get to this listener review. So I hope you guys have pulled up the outline because you're supposed to read reviews. Are you ready, Vertoran? I I had it pulled up, but then I was having a little bit of a connectivity issue. However, I'm pulling it back up right now. Um, And it was a very nice review because I read it earlier. Um, Yeah, here we go. So, yes. First of all, thank you very much for leaving all these, they're, they're always very nice to read. And sometimes even, yeah. even if they're something where it's critical, it's, it's good to know. But this one is not critical. From Casey Adam 417, I love it. Gentlemen, I just listened to your podcast for the first time and can't believe I haven't listened to it before. I follow the page on Facebook, but really enjoyed my first listen. I listen to a lot of different material being a lifelong Chiefs fan, but the podcast seems great and I look forward to more. As a crusty season ticket holder and veteran, I appreciate your straightforwardness and willing to, willingness to say an occasional bad word. Find it very relatable and will definitely <laughs> be tuning in. Go Chiefs. Uh, thank you very much for that. I, I, I appreciate it. We appreciate it. Always, always nice when people take time out to, uh, to leave a few kind words. Yeah, absolutely. That was a five-star review. Um, and uh, I saw Jaden in the chat asked, um, you planning on going to a, a Chiefs game next season? What are some places I should go to? Just real quick off the top of my head, go check out Jack Stack and go check out Joe's Kansas City, the gas station location. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, 239. List. Excellent. And I'm Gates. In- Arthur yeah, Bryant's yeah. on Brooklyn. Um, I'm with you, Mr. Schwump. Bryant's on Brooklyn, the OG. Fantastic. Wherever Casey you, Beer, Casey Beer Co. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. Wherever you go, go to Casey yeah. Beer Co. And spend it's actually a really cool spot. They got games yeah. outside. That was my girlfriend on my first date. We first <laughs> met at Casey nice. Beer and Company. Fun fact. There you go. There you go. Nice. Love it. Um, next review. This one, I think, was a mistake. I hope. It was from uh, from from Barry Will Barry, Jamal Will Carry, uh, on January 14th. Gave us a thumbs up with the title, Best Podcast. Listen, Barry Will Barry, Jamal Will Carry. You gave us one star. <laughs> um, easy mistake to make if you were, you're writing a review and you got to fill in the stars. So, um, Best Podcast. Thumbs up, a Chiefs-inspired name. If you're here in this Barry Wilberry, if you could do us a favor and go back into Apple Podcasts and change that to a, a you know something above a one-star, five-star would be great. Sounds like you like the show. So um, a rating, our, our average is all messed up now. I'm very stressed out about it. Um, and the last one, Sterling, this guy's not happy with you. Or maybe it's a woman. I don't know. It's Jackie. Yeah. We got, we got, we got one from Jackie. It's time for you guys. Earlier this season, you defended my honor. When someone called me unlistenable, I am calling on you to defend Sterling's honor. Go ahead, Sterling. Yeah, they said almost perfect by Jackie Burns on January 13th. I enjoy Matt's takes and knowledge. Would rate it five stars if it wasn't for Sterling's poor attempt at a Jim Rome impersonation. I don't know why he chose to go that route, but it's cringy, corny, and frankly, hard to listen to. I mean, my God. You're Walmart Jim Rome. Uh, Do you hear me out here saying, am I going to murder him every time he has a a good take saying, rack him? Do you hear me saying, old trapper, what's your beef? Like, am I going, incredible. Like, I get it. I have a similar, I think I have a similar vernacular. That's what it is. But my God. Wherever you are, Jackie, comment five stars. You know what, though, Jackie? You basically said, you called me a millionaire. Oh, no. I'm out here, a million dollar dude with his own show. Yeah, but, but you're not, and you're being. <laughs> no, and, and I know, that's, I'm not. that's why the insult works, and it's so. Uh, that, listen, 
I I am not a big uh, Jim Rome guy, so and, and but I, I obviously, of course, am a big supporter of Sterling here. That's so funny. Like, look, <laughs> it's I, so funny. <laughs> I will always like to me. What gives the show some flavor, or like, hopefully, hopefully, out of you know, hundred people, ninety nine uh, of them like like all of us. But then you're gonna have people that don't like you. I, I there are people that don't like me, and and frankly, they're right not to like me. I don't blame them. I, you know. <laughs> I mean, every time somebody comes on here and is like, Verderam's trash, it might be a family member. Could, you know, could could be an uncle, could be a cousin, could be my wife, it could be anybody. And you know, and I don't blame them. Yeah. But the, the Jim Rome thing is hilarious. I've never thought about that. I've never, never really considered it. I remember when he had his show on ESPN, Rome is Burning. Uh, yeah. And yeah. It was like I'd come home from school. I was in high school. And it, I'd just flip on ESPN kind of out of habit. You know, I always watch like PTI and stuff. And it, sometimes I'd catch the end of that. Oh, it was the, you know, you'd be like, it's man's game. It's man's game. And he's just launching into some tirade. <laughs> like, Look at the dude's lettuce. Yeah. And you'd be like, well, check out his dome. What the hell is happening? There's like a fire behind him. It looks like hell. You're like, hey, what the hell is this? Oh, it was great. We got to get him on. We, we got to get him on the show. Corvette. We got to reach out to Jim Rome. And and have so he can defend his honor. By the way, uh, Jackie gave us a four star review. So appreciate the constructive criticism, yeah. Jackie Sterling. If you want to, just how I get that, talk. That I can't help scar. it. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're not sorry. You are. You are. I, I can't change my vernacular. This is. I don't know, man. I love it. You know, <laughs> to Matt's point, what I love about this podcast is you know with the three of us and Matt Connor. Uh, not one of us is the same kind of person, which I think adds to the dynamic of the show. We're all a little bit different in our own way. We have our own approach to everything. Uh, hopefully it, it leads to some good, um, some good conversations, some laughs for you guys. Cause Lord knows we're not, uh, we're not, we're not feeding the poor or, or, you know, saving people's lives here with the show. We're just trying to entertain some Chiefs fans. So um, yeah, at least Jackie wasn't as mad about the guy who, the guy who heard your manscape read and got really mad because you talked about your taint. <laughs> okay. I think it was it's just, good. <laughs> I think it is something like that. What's was, my favorite song? Yeah. Tainted love. Here's an ad by manscape. <laughs> it's uh, you know, my, I mean, critique I have for this. I'm sick of Connor's hot takes. He's too up and down. He's too all over the place. Where's oh, my yeah. bourbon? Yeah. Boys, where's our bourbon? This is some... Yeah. The best part is like that's yeah. the first hot take he's had in months, and it cost him right. money. Like, right. He's always yeah. like... Everybody, I'm, I'm always, of course, calm and, and even-keeled, but I, you know, every once in a blue moon, you know, I'll drop an occasional opinion, and Connor will be... I, I'll be... You know, I remember at the Titans game, I, I was out of my mind how, how annoyed I was with them. And Connor's like, I think they're going to be fine. And, then, and I wanted to just be like, what are you, nuts? Like, if you, like you, you know, and then you know, yeah. 10 games later, you know, he, yeah. of course, was, was right. But I definitely, I'm looking forward to covering the uh, the NFL Combine in March. I, I know Matt lives out that way. So we're going to be getting together and covering the Combine and having fun with it and, and doing all that. But hopefully when the Chiefs are in the midst of enjoying their second Super Bowl win in three years. I'm not credentialed, but I might just drive out there and hang out at the steakhouse with I you. I mean, I can, I can you get you, I can Smoke get you cigars. credentialed. It's probably the easy, like, it's not we're, not. we're not talking about getting you know, like into the locker room at the Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah Which, by the way, yeah. well, I'm going to go to the Super I, Bowl. I, I am too. credentialed for the game. I'll be at the game. I'll be at the Super Bowl. I, we should do. If the Chiefs are in, I should just do. I I should just do this pod from from the uh, press box during the game. Give, give a live stream from me at SoFi. Which, yeah. by the way, the NFL. If you'll watch this, I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> so, I, I, they'll revoke yes. the grand Yeah. I'm yeah. kidding. But that would be that'd be a thing. Mm. That would be that would be great because it could be a live stream. You could live stream you watching the game, and since you would be in the press box, you're not allowed to right. make any noise or cheer right. for the Chiefs, right? So we could all just watch uh, literally three and a half hours <laughs> no of that guy, that, that meme there. of the dude straining, but the vein in his head. Yeah. That'd be Verham for three and a half hours, oh. trying not to trying not to make noise. I was the in, I was in at the game when they beat the Niners. I was there. And uh, let me tell you, that yep. was my face for about three hours and a, and a quarter. I, it was, yep. it was so hard not to, not to react to anything. And the only time I probably broke facial expression was when Damian Williams went around the left side, and you knew it was over. And our poor, terrific yeah. social media director Ashley Young was sitting next to me, who was a Philadelphia Eagles fan, but was rooting for the Chiefs. A because I think she felt bad for me. And B because Andy Reid. And she's sitting next to me, and I remember he just, he turned the corner, and I just like <laughs> single, I just like like grabbed her by the forearm, like oh my god, they're actually gonna win. <laughs> it was just 
It was the only time I said anything for three and a half hours. And she just laughed. And yeah. I I, yeah. I was I remember the NFL like, okay, you gotta go down now. You, you gotta cover the post game. And you could go one way for the Niners, one way for the Chiefs. I was like, that is the easiest decision in the world. Like going to cover yeah. Andy's press conference. And I was you know, but it was uh <laughs> That was that was a hell of a time. All right, everybody. Uh, listen, we're going to be back on Thursday night, same time, five five o'clock, five o four, probably Arrowhead time, um, and we will uh, we'll get into this game uh, in depth preview of Chiefs versus Bills. It's going to be great, uh, and then on, we'll let you know the schedule for Sunday as well. So this was really fun, great conversation. It was good to talk uh, a little bit of the Chiefs past playoff woes um, and that other divisional game, which we're all going to be watching. It's the first game on Saturday. So make sure you watch that and you'll know the Chiefs fate if they're able to get by the Bills. All right, everybody, thank you so much for your support. Make sure you hit that thumbs up button on your way out the door. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you look into joining our Discord. Become a member and make sure you support us by supporting, it's all mirrored, Casey Bierko. Uh, And if you've got some Casey Bierko in your house, snap a picture of you drinking it, send it to uh, them on Twitter, at Casey Bierko, and tag us. We'd appreciate it. All right, everybody, thank you so much. For Sterling Holmes, Matt Verrer, and my name is Patrick Allen. We'll see you on Thursday. Until then, go Chiefs! Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike.